Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks to all of you who uh, subscribe to the series, who check us out uh, every single week with the new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Always appreciate you listening. Really appreciate you listening. Uh, and, and especially uh, when you leave comments, uh, read those. I read those. I try to reply to every single one of them. Grateful when you can give ratings and reviews in the various spots where you can do that in. Of course, if you're not a subscriber, you can find us wherever you get your favorite podcast from, including iTunes and Apple Podcasts and Spotify and YouTube. Hit us up. Subscribe. We'll send them to you. It'll be part of the fun. I'm Kyle Merritt. Today, I'm going to be talking with Real Estate. In fact, Martin Courtney jumps on the phone to discuss the band's fifth LP called The Main Thing. Now, this is a, an album with the band taking more chances. The word experimentation is thrown around a lot. We're going to get into exactly what that means within the album and outside of the record. Uh, they debuted the record in full long before they had even released it. That's an interesting uh, tightrope, no-net moment for a band. And then uh, went and played uh, out stores. Instead of in stores, they played outside a bunch of record stores, famous ones that actually don't exist anymore. So I want to hear about that one. And then get into the themes. It's an album with a purpose. That's what the band said. So we're going to hear about that purpose. And for Martin, a lot of this you know, has to do with uh, the world at large and the anxiety that everybody's feeling and how he sees that through the lens 
of uh, of having children. You get that in songs like Silent World and You, which he's going to tell us about both of those. And we're going to get into the new sound as well, especially with the kickoff, like uh, the track Friday. It's the song that opens up the entire record. It's a song that uh, the band heard it this way. I instantly heard it this way. It conjures up classic air. It's a band that I've been talking about a lot. Moon Safari, Virgin Suicides. It's that era that you sort of hear when the main thing starts out. And we'll also hear about their collaboration with Amelia Meath of Sylvan Esso. She's on the, uh, the first single for the record called Paper Cup. So let's jump into it. Talking about the record, the main thing, it's Kyle Meredith with Real Estate. Hi, speaking. So Real Estate is back with fifth album, right? Number five with the main thing. We're, we're you know, talking with a lot of artists, especially about how their plans have changed. You guys were going to do, or maybe you did do some of the uh, the outside things where you're playing outside of record shops that no longer exist. Were you able to do that? Yeah, we, yes, we did that. That's kind of like, <laughs> that was probably like a week before... It was like a week before the shit hit the fan, I guess, in terms of all this horror. But yeah, so we were, we were in, it's actually weird. It feels like another world. But yeah, we were in New York playing. It was super fun. Honestly, it was, it was really cool. We played in front of like three different record stores that, you know, me and Alex and Julian in the band grew up together in New Jersey. So we used to take the train into the city with some of our other friends and like go to these record stores, like especially Rocks in Your Head. I mean, all Rocks, we chose Rocks in Your Head, other music and Kim's because like those are the places we would go to mostly and they're they're all out of business now so um yeah we like set up in front of their former locations the first one we did was Rocks in Your Head which is like right in Soho and we were lucky because <laughs> I guess that storefront currently is empty so it was like a little less awkward there wasn't like a business in there like wondering what we were doing which did happen later but um yeah and i don't know i kind of i was a little worried that like you know we had like someone from our management company came and like filmed it because it was just like you know we were just like this will be kind of a fun thing to do we may as well like document it but i was a little bit worried that it was going to be like us performing for like two people and like some passers-by you know like busking like it was going to be really lame but but like there was there's a you know we got a good little crowd at each location and some people came to all of them and like you know there was like a little it it felt i don't know i'm not used to like you know busking so i was a little i was a little nervous about it just like kind of that it was going to be awkward or that i wasn't going to be able to do it well or something but i don't know it was a beautiful day and it it actually felt really good to like sing outside in the city and like it was really nice and uh i think everybody that was there felt the same way like it kind of felt like a special thing that we did so yeah yeah and that was such legendary names too i mean you know kim's of course i think was the one i was most familiar with but just you know the the idea that those don't exist anymore is still uh so unfortunate and so crazy so you know in in a way of keeping that memory alive i I thought that was uh it was a really interesting idea yeah that was alex alex's idea because we 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 did a few regular in store actually i mean at the end of that day after we did three quote-unquote out stores we ended up doing an actual in-store at rough trade in in brooklyn and we did another in-store at this place in in jersey called vintage vinyl but um i don't know we were talking about doing in-stores and bleaker just jokingly was like alex was just like uh you know we should just play outside all the, you know, as a joke, you, you know, he was just like, we should uh-huh. play outside all the old, the, the closed down ones. And then we were all just like, it's actually a really good idea. <laughs> we should probably do that. So, yeah, it actually was a good idea. 
So, yeah. you know, and, and as far as live shows go, too, you know, when you back up further than that, you all played, like, was it the entire album in full before it ever came out? Is that what you did? Yeah, yeah, a few times. That's got to be an interesting moment for an artist, too. I mean, it's, it's sort of like that, that cliche line of, of uh, performing without a net, because it's not just that you're, you know, here's a few new songs before we get to some more familiars, like... Like that. This is like an entire set of an you know for an audience, and you have no, you know, no history with what you're about to hear. What was that like? Yeah. How was that different than than your usual interaction of you know how you would do a show, how you would do a set? Yeah, I mean, well, all of this, like, including the the what I was just talking about the the record store things. Like, this is all like in the interest of we've been a band for over a decade and just like trying to do things a little bit differently this time so yeah we we had the record and you know just to keep it fresh and so we had the record done back in you know a year ago going back a year from now like back in march of last year it was it was pretty much completely done uh and obviously it didn't come out until a few weeks ago like a year later so we, we were just kind of sitting on it and, and we had some shows booked and we were we were looking to book some more shows and obviously you know that some of the new songs had been kind of making their way into our set here and there just because it's like it's fun to play new songs. But like, yeah, a whole set of new material is a little bit different. So we decided to book like sort of maybe like in, in certain cities that we have a history with that maybe we tend to do well in or places where we just, you know, that we've played a lot. Um, like so Chicago, Nashville and Austin, we like decided to book like a smaller venue than we would normally play. And we did, there was no opener. And so we did, it was, you know, quote, an evening with real estate and, uh, <laughs> which is cool. So, so we were able to do like, basically what I'm saying is like, it was, a, it kind of softened the blow a little bit because we played the whole record and then we took like a little break and then we came back and did like a traditional set of our normal, you know, of like songs that people would be familiar with from previous records. But, um, no, I mean, it was cool. I think people kind of, people knew what they were getting themselves into by coming to the mm. show. And I think if anything, Again, it was like felt really special. You know, it was like kind of exciting. Hopefully, for the fans, it was exciting to hear the music. You know, they got to hear the whole record. You know, months before it came out in a live setting. And for us, yeah, it's a little weird. You know, certain songs we may only ever have like you know, there's maybe one or two songs on the record that we might, <laughs> we might not play live in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, like that th- that might be the only time we end up playing them live. You know, because it's just like they're not that kind of song. A lot of you know, a lot of times there's songs that that you know you don't play live that much so yeah it was it was fun it was um yeah i want to do stuff i want to do more stuff like that you know if we can ever uh tour again (laughs) (laughs) if anyone could ever Uh, tour again right yeah yeah well you know throughout some of the interviews and the press for this this record with the main thing you all have talked about you know going into this and and wanting not wanting to just make another record you said you know everything has to have a purpose for this so if it becomes an album with a purpose, and I hope you don't mind the broad question here, uh, what was the outcome of that? What what ended up being the thing that this record ended up being? For me, it was kind of just like a rededication and like kind of falling back in love with kind of the whole concept of making music. For me, like going into making this record, I, I kind of was feeling pretty weird. Like, <laughs> again, it all seems so quaint now. Uh, <laughs> but like a few years ago... You know, it was just like, there's just a lot going on in my own life and in the outside world with, you know, the election of our current president and with, it just kind of felt like things were pretty dark and Mm -hmm. it was just hard to reconcile the idea of making a record. I mean, I just felt like maybe I should be doing something else with my life, you know, and I I don't know, I just felt, whatever. I mean, at the same time, 
I, I was spending that was my life was writing songs and making music and I love making music and it was what I wanted to do but I just felt a little weird about it so I think for for uh, for me and I think for all of us and you know and then also it played you know the idea of the fact that we've been a band for a decade and it's our fifth record and we just we didn't want to just just make another record and not have it it felt like it needed to be an important album for us it needed it needed to be kind of a special record for us because it just felt like a like a milestone you know it's our fifth record and i don't know like if we it just was like this weird thing if we're gonna make it it needs to be extra good extra like we have to put more of ourselves into it you know and i, I was really feeling that strongly so i think um just the process of making this record and like we took a really long time to make it we took you know almost a year of our lives on and off in the studio it was kind of the main creative sort of it was what my mind was focused on you know mm -hmm. constantly for a year was making this record yeah it just kind of makes you realize how important it is to have something like this in your life I mean obviously I've got my family and I've got you know like I think everybody has something that they can dedicate themselves to but uh that was sort of what we I think we all discovered you know making this record was like it's it, it this is well it's going to sound corny saying it but it's the main thing for us making music is the main thing for us and for our you know us as friends in this band, you know, it's something that we come together and we do as a group. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like we all kind of got a lot out of this process yeah. just personally. So it just felt, you know, yeah. You know, with all the things going on in the world that, that you're kind of talking about, especially filtering in, into this record and you being, you know, having a family, you, I feel like, you know, your family does play a lot into how you see, what's happening you know the lens that we get to see to hear these lyrics uh seems to weave in and out of um like seeing your own childhood through your kids eyes am i far off in that assessment as far as these songs and and, and definitely the alarming bits that are happening no. out there you know i have yeah. a son as well i i have a 12 year old son and and it's definitely on my mind all the time how i would perceive what i see in the news you know 15 years ago versus versus how i would now yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it for me. There, yeah, there is there that specific idea of like, yeah, like kind of reflecting on you know my own childhood through watching my kids experience their childhood is that's definitely in there, and and also just yeah the idea of like wanting to yeah I mean just <laughs> seeing upsetting things in the news and wanting to protect your kids from that. And I mean, my kids are a little younger. I mean, thankfully, I mean even through this whole ordeal that we're dealing with right now with this virus, it's like. I, I'm thankful that my kids are not, and I, I don't know how, how it is having a 12 year old, but like for me, I, I, I just don't know. They're, they're just not old enough. My oldest is, she's going to be six soon. Mm -hmm. She can't really understand the, like she doesn't know enough to be worried. Not right. that she should right. be worried, but um, you know, it's like, it's yeah. So, but yeah, the idea of kind of just wanting to create this safety bubble, which again is, <laughs> so much more pertinent now with what's going on it's really insane i mean there's a song on the record called silent world which is like kind of about that you know wanting to create this you know like this life that we have this family our home our you know our house literally the idea of like when we're together and when we are in our home we are safe and <laughs> the outside world is scary and evil <laughs> basically <laughs> you know and like how long can we keep that going for and how long can we protect our kids from like the you know realities of the world, I don't know. It yeah, it's crazy right now. I I feel bad. My it's like my kindergartner is like she's probably already had her last day of kindergarten. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like she's not going back. Right, <laughs> like, right. So sad. 
Yeah. I'm laughing, but it's not funny. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, we're we're going through that same thing. But but I do enjoy how yeah. you talk about that. I mean, even the 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 moments that are obviously hard that you're singing about, but you get a song like you and I feel like, you know, it's like it's like almost like um sweetness through the lens of parental fear, you know, and it's it's yeah. you know, sort of what you're saying, you know, wanting to take care of of your child within this bubble but that bubble is because that bubble is a fear bubble you know at the same time so it's sweetness yeah. and and, yeah, it's and fright yeah yeah i mean you know just just and it's i'm sure it's been the same for every generation of parents no matter what you're dealing with there's always that that anxiety the parental anxiety but like i mean in that yeah that song it's like yeah the kind of responsibility that you feel to yeah to make your kid feel safe and to protect them from just <laughs> Something, things that they probably wouldn't be aware of anyway. You know, I mean, it's right. all, it's all, it's probably all my own craziness. I don't think so. <laughs> I think we're all on board with that line right there. Yeah. On the other side of it, you know, the album starts off with Friday, and I think that was maybe the most surprising moment just because right out of the gates, you showcase the sound that you all had been talking about, the experimentation that you all have been talking about. You get this kind of washy, beat-driven thing. Uh, my first thought was air. I, I don't think I'm the only one to have said that, that it, it sort of makes me think of, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, uh, you know, Moon Safari to Virgin Suicides, air type of things. Uh, I'm absolutely yeah. in love with that. How did you all arrive at that <laughs> sound? Well, yeah, I mean, we were obviously thinking the same thing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think, I, I honestly, that song... That sounded so different when I wrote it. It it was like uh you know it went through a lot of, a lot of transformation as the band worked on it. And basically we yeah Jackson started playing that kind of like I don't know what you'd call that beat that like kind of halftime or double time or whatever it is the beat that he plays. And then Alex <laughs> played basically once he started playing that bass line that's in the intro of the song. We were like, ooh, this sounds a little bit like it sounds like air. <laughs> we we're like. So then we, you know, we kind of added the the string synth, and um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's yeah, uh, and and then also like I think just we kept kind of layering it, and uh, you know, I think that song is really cool too, and I really like the outro where it goes back, it goes back into that same chord progression that that it does in the intro, and that but it kind of adds all this cacophonous noise, and there's like white noise, like like uh, from the arp odyssey like the white noise setting on there and that's kind of coming in and out and uh matt barrick the drummer who used to play in the walkman mm -hmm. is doing this like these lar these really big like timpani sounding like booms on the drums anyway i just think that that song is uh yeah it's cool um and i'm glad other people like it too and i mean yeah it it definitely uh feels like a step forward for us as well, I think, to me. It's also an interesting, I don't know if I'd say coincidence, because music cycles in 20 years seems to be a thing, but I have talked about this band with Air more than I think any other right now in references. I actually had Nicholas Godin on the show a few weeks ago, and then wow. Caribou had been mentioning them, and Nicole Adkins had been mentioning them, and then now here you are finding inspiration uh, in or I don't know if inspiration is the right word, but uh, you know similarities anyway. But uh, it's uh, if, if yeah. this is the comeback, I am here for it. Anyway, this is yeah. that's that's one of my favorite sounds. Yeah, zeitgeist. Yeah, I guess. And there's a lot of those moments, you know, that, that kind of happen throughout it. You know, and I'll compliment Paper Cup and having Amelia Meath on there. You know, we're big Sylvanesso fans too. And and it, it, as I as I heard, like she wrote that uh, her part like entirely separately too, right? So, I mean, that was not like jamming in the studio with de uh, with direction. No, yeah, we kind of an old friend and, and we we 
we just asked her if she'd be interested in doing it. And yeah, we did have like a little bit of an idea for a part, but um, she, so we, we kind of gave her some like light direction, which, yeah, which she sent back to us because she, she recorded that part remotely. It was very different from what we had in mind and was actually so much better uh, than what we had in mind. <laughs> That's kind of the whole thing with this record, you know, like collaborated a lot with other people, which is new for us. And yeah, and it was kind of exciting in that way, you know, getting sort of fresh ideas, ideas that, you know, I mean, like if she had just done exactly what we, you know, suggested she do, it probably wouldn't have been ex as exciting because it'd just be like, oh yeah, cool, you did the thing that we said. Sounds great. Sounds, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it would have sounded awesome, but like, it's more exciting when, when you can be surprised, right. you know? Well, it's definitely got moments of surprise all over the record. Um, I, I love it. I, I always enjoy what you all do, and I'm so happy that you're still pushing forward and, and doing all of this. So so I thank you. Thank you for that, and uh, congratulations on this record, man. Thank you so much. All right. Martin, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for taking the time, especially in this weird little moment in history that we're in. I, I appreciate yeah. appreciate all this. So hopefully, um, Thanks. hopefully you know, we'll get back on track some point, and, uh, and I'll be able to hear what this sounds like live out there as well. Yeah, seriously, man. All right, well, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Hope, hope you guys are, everybody's doing well in your life. All right, man, thank you. Uh, take care. We'll see you around. All right, all right, bye. bye. My thanks to Martin Courtney. Real Estate, the new record, is called Main Thing, and it's out now. So I'll also include a, a bonus interview from the last time I talked to Real Estate. This was back in 2017 when they were touring the record In Mind, receiving another round of praise from critics and fans alike. Uh, so part of the story with that LP is that the uh, longtime collaborator, Julian Lynch, uh, took over on guitar. So here's part two. I'm speaking with Alex Bleeker this time around about the changes and surfing. Kyle Meredith with Real Estate. The first thing I caught about this record is this sounds like the most settled record for you guys yet. Uh, I mean, you've always had that nice breezy sound that everyone talks about. But there's something about this that really feels like, you know, the comfortable in our own skin, really know what we're doing, which is completely surprising given the upheaval to the backstory, not only with the member changes, but everybody moving. Uh, that's not really a formula that, you know, kind of allows for that. But you guys have pulled it off. And I was wondering, you know, what you would attribute that to. Well, amount of time that everyone in this band has played music together, we have a strong musical connection we have you know like a lot of different strong musical voices uh coming together to compromise and work together and create one musical whole you know mm -hmm. uh, there's sort of a lot of um, theme of the tour that we're on is communication the communication tour 2017 <laughs> <laughs> and, and and there's a lot of different uh communicating happening uh, both musically and otherwise in the formation of of this record and so i guess uh yeah we can attribute it to that that's one of the best strengths, I would say. Well, I mean, you talk about, you know, wanting to go in here and find new sounds. Were there conversations going into the record as far as really, like, we do want it to sound like this, or... I mean, the idea was, we, we felt that uh, with our previous record, Atlas, we'd done a pretty good job of documenting, like, what the band can achieve and sound like live. Not to say that there aren't overdubs on that record, but that, you know, they're, like, like really based on strong, basic takes, you know, the whole band playing together. Um, we... we used a similar method to get the actual uh, tracking down in this record, but I think there was always a, an impulse. The idea was to use the studio as, as the 
a means to explore new territory as like an exploratory instrument to like express new ideas, find new textures, make new musical discoveries, things like that. And I know a lot of it, the conversation too has, has been on you know Julian coming into the band, but as I look back, it seems like there's at least been a little bit of a lineup change with every single record, right? That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So it's kind of interesting that everyone's making such a big deal about it this time. <laughs> I, I guess uh, yeah, that's an astute uh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's an astute observation there. Yeah. Well, was there a transitional period for you because of it this time, or is it something that you're sort of used to? Um, it's definitely been a, a transition and one that we you know enjoy thoroughly. You know, it, it's like if nothing else has given us the ability to like like I was saying before, just continue to forge new territory and explore new ground. I mean, but, you know, in some ways it's been a transition, but in other ways it's been extremely comfortable because uh, Julian is one of the first people that I ever played music with, yeah. ever. And have, you know, the very first tour I ever went on was uh, with him and playing his music and we played the band together in high school. So that, that connection is there, you know. Um, but he obviously brings a whole new sonic palette to the table, which has been kind of... It's like at once exciting because it's like blazing new territory and also really comfortable and familiar because each person whose personal and musical style I've been so familiar with for so long, you know? Yeah, and, I, and the buzziness in some of those leads that he has and everything. I was kind of wondering, I know one of the, the songs that I think speaks mostly to him being in the band is Two Arrows and that totally. extended jam that comes out of the end of it. Where did that come from? What's the story there? That was just like, you know, uh, the way we recorded this record was we were all getting together and playing for long hours, like every day for a period of time. Like we'd get together for a couple of weeks and then go together into this practice studio and, and work on arrangements for songs and then also like inevitably we'd just be like messing around jamming and that was a chord progression that came out of us if I can remember correctly just everyone in the band playing together and jamming and just repeating this thing over and over again and being like well, we like that we should like stick it on the record somewhere as like an outro or like so an interlude or tack it on and then we were simultaneously working on the first part of the song Two Arrows and just were feeling that it needed something you know uh, it, it was just a pleasant enough song but like it really sort of comes to life with this other it was basically we like mashed together these two disparate ideas yeah it's, it's cool and, and works as almost a centerpiece uh, for the whole thing. Cool. Although, yeah. I, you know, when I listen to the whole record, I guess this one, in my mind, has more of a beachy sound than, than you guys have ever pulled off, which I was thinking, how do a few guys from Jersey end up getting so in tune with this traditional West Coast music? And then I look to see, well, you've landed in California, so that's got to be at least some part of it. That's true, you know? I, and, and like I, I said before, none of these things, are, like especially now, like maybe with the first record, um, we were trying to sort of conjure that kind of imagery, but... Uh, at this point, if any of that kind of influence is entirely subconscious, you know, yeah. like we're not, we're not like, hey, this is the theme, or like, let's make it sound like this, you know, it's just whatever happens to be coming out organically, you know. With that in mind, though, uh, California, I poke around on your Twitter page. Are are you a surfer? Do you, do you do you surf? I am. Yeah, yeah. I just started actually when I moved out there. I moved out there uh, almost two years ago now, a little over a year and a half, and I uh, I just happened to move to this place that is perfect to learn mm -hmm. it's a really nice learning surf break on and so i just like I, at first just casually picked it up you know i was like i'll try this you know everyone here seems to be doing it and now i'm like totally hooked yeah. and i like can't can't get enough and i'm like you know we're on tour right now i'm actually sitting in the van while i'm talking to you and i'm like it, it adds this whole other element to touring because i'm like where 
where am I going to be in coastal cities? Where can I, <laughs> sure, you know, like, or like, I'm like thinking about like relaxing between legs of chores. It's like, I just need to like get a couple of days of surfing in. So I can, and I never, I'm, you know, 30 now. I never expected. <laughs> right. This is a to- totally like shocking new development for me. I never anticipated that it would be such a part of my life. It's, it's cool and kind of funny. I laugh at myself too. It's like, geez, I really like moved to California. You know? <laughs> well, it's, it's so my joke about it is for my myself personally. Uh, I'm in landlocked Kentucky, and I have yeah. always been obsessed with surfing, and I've never done it once in my life. I mean, like I've, I've oh, been out, I've been out on the, like those like standing paddle boards or whatever, just you sure. know, in the Gulf or whatever. But I've never done it. I like subscribe to the World Surf League and watch all the competitions around the world. Really? But never have I done it though. And I'm 35. No, I'm not so. that kind of like a, a ripper, you know, like shortboard. Oh, I just like watching it. Kind of guy. Yeah. I just like, but like, like that stuff. Surf competition stuff is all like. That's like wild, you know, sure. but I just get on like a pretty long board and just like ride the waves. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to um, do it. I got to do should, it one day. I would encourage you to like take a trip with that specific objective in mind because um, you can be standing and riding waves a lot more quickly than you think, I, I bet. Yeah. All right. I will. I have to. I know I have to. So it's it's gonna. Happen. You have to. You have to. Yeah. You really have to. <laughs> you might end up moving out of Kentucky if you do it though. So be careful. All right, buddy. Uh, Alex, thank you so much for talking today. Uh, I'm enjoying in mind. I'm really happy you guys are uh, doing everything you're doing. So thanks for the hey, conversation thanks for today. The time. Thanks for uh, thanks for the interest and thanks for for calling. All right, man. Thank you very much. We'll see you. All right. Take care. Have a good one. Take Bye. it easy. Bye. Alex Bleeker of uh, Real Estate right there. That one goes back to 2017's In Mind. And again, the new record is called The Main Thing. Thanks again to Martin Courtney for speaking to me about that one. Thanks to you as well for checking out the episode. Again, if you're not already a subscriber, I hope you do follow along with us. We have new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and it's a great way to keep up with all your favorite artists and discover new artists and hear about what's happening in music. Uh, You can find us at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts from. Just type in Kyle Meredith with. After that, head to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews as well. Again, that's WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can find me on just about any social media platform at Kyle Meredith. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. I'm Lior Phillips, host of This Must Be the Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and, of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Horton's new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.